Hey y'all, and welcome back to Hot Takes with Kate. I am so excited for today's episode. Please welcome Stacey Dickens. She was previously on the podcast. If you uh, were listening in on season one, she came on with her husband, Wayne. uh, And we talked a lot about athletes um, and just kind of their hot takes on life, uh, which was super fun. Uh, But I am so excited to dive into a deeper conversation with Stacey today around confidence, uh, body image, relationships, and we just have a really great discussion. Um, Since the last episode, uh, she and Wayne have started a ministry called Athletes United, which is united organizations such as FCA, Athletes in Action, and what they are doing across college ministries, especially here in Dallas, is absolutely amazing. Um, So please give a warm welcome to Stacy. Welcome back to Hot Takes with Kate. Uh, We have a few hot topics to talk about today. Uh, a lot on body image, confidence uh, as a woman of God, and kind of just how to deal with those things. Um, we all face them a lot in life, uh, especially as women. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and to see how God has blessed your life and how you've dealt with these things through your faith. And I hope it blesses a lot of other young girls out there. Well, thank you for having me, Caitlin. It's an honor to be here with you, and I love what you're doing with this podcast. Um, I think about um, how we're just getting started with Athletes United, as you know, and how you're just kind of getting started with this podcast, and um, the verse that I want to encourage you with, I wanted to make sure I told you this today, um, is Zechariah 4.10. Have you heard of that verse before, Zechariah 4.10? Uh, I don't know, actually. Okay. Well, it says to not despise the new beginnings because the Lord rejoices with the work that you begin. And uh, so it's been really a huge encouragement to me just in starting Athletes United with my husband um, because it feels like we're such a small David in the midst of Goliath. Um, but the Lord is rejoicing over the work that we're doing because it's for him. And I just wanted to encourage you today. Um, Not necessarily for the sake of the podcast, but just to let you know that even though this is kind of like a little side thing that you do, um, the Lord is going to bless you through it. So I'm excited for whatever he's going to do with this podcast and who he's going to reach. Oh, that makes me, that's so encouraging too, because I think you do get in your head. Like I tell people when I have a podcast, I'm like, you probably don't know of it because it's very small. (laughs) Um, And sometimes like your confidence goes down a bit and it's yeah. a lot of work I mean the editing yeah. and everything but it that's, is it's very encouraging so yeah. I appreciate that well and you're it, welcome yeah no that's awesome okay so you've been on the podcast before uh and you know that I always start out with a hot take so yeah <laughs> here we go <laughs> what is your hot take on women's sports you know you asked this at a good time because did you see Nebraska volleyball and then play in the football stadium and break a world record attendance of, I think, like over 92,000? Yes. So I was like, oh, I know what my hot take is. I just really think now is the time in 2023 to invest in female sports. The time is now. I don't know what that looks like on the sports landscape. I get it. Like, I know that sports in many ways is really driven by men and I think that that's great like I celebrate that and I love how 
you know, just even as men and women, women, we're, we're designed differently, right? God designed us differently and our strengths are different, but man, it's obvious by with Nebraska, like their volleyball program, what they did, it doesn't matter. People will flock and come to what they want to come to and support what they want to support. And I think that whatever that program is doing to invest in volleyball needs to be duplicated everywhere. And people need to start really doing that. And of course, we've got to win games. We've got to do all the things. But it just really makes me sad when you see these really great programs, female programs that are winning Mm -hmm. on the college landscape but there are no fans in the crowds to support. And um, yeah, I just think the time is now. We've got to set up the infrastructure for these young ladies because I think the, the college landscape is changing and we've got to acknowledge that and really reinforce these girls the way they should be. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot going on in women's um, sports right now. And you're right, it is the time is now because I mean, I even remember with rowing, no one would come to our races. I mean, it's not a typical sport you go and watch. Uh, I mean, men have a few people that go, but, you know, no one would ever come to our races unless it was a family member, a friend, a boyfriend. Um, But, um, yeah, no, I think there's a lot in the media as well going on with women's sports, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with what Riley Gaines is doing um, and her campaign and advocating for women in women's sports. and I think it's actually attracting more attention to the uh, support of women in uh, women's sports. And I yeah. think that's really um, cool. And I hope that um, it continues to get more traction like Nebraska yeah. volleyball. And because um, I think it's just empower, like it gives them confidence too that mm-hmm. what they're doing um, is impacting people as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's my hot take. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I never asked you this, but I'm actually very curious. Uh, what was your experience as a college athlete like? Yeah. So uh, contrary to popular belief, because I get this all the time, um, I wasn't an athlete in the traditional sense at Auburn University, um, unless you count dance. Um, which a lot of people don't. But what I mean by that is, you know, I wasn't a volleyball player. I wasn't a tennis player. Mm -hmm. I was a dancer. Um, And we are very athletic. And I think, you know, everybody knows that. But technically, I wasn't a college athlete. I was an athlete growing up. I ran track. I was a sprinter. I did the 100, the 200, and the 4 by one And my favorite was the 200. And it was because I could actually win. The 100, you know, I, I did okay. Um, and I was usually the anchor leg on the four by one. So I was on a really great relay team and we usually always won. So, um, so yeah, I I come from some really, uh, fast genes. My dad was a wide receiver, uh, played in the NFL for six years and still holds records at his high school for track. Um, his father was fast. Um, my sister ran track, so we're just fast. Um, I'm praying that all three of our kids get some type of quick, you know, something fast. But anyway, um, I was good at track, but dance had my heart. Dance was what I loved most. And so I danced from age six all the way into college. Um, and when I was at Auburn, I was on the very first hip hop Auburn dance team. 
um, which it still is going on today, but I was on the first one. So it was really cool um, to be able to be a part of history at Auburn. And, um, but yeah, that was my heart was dance. Um, and dance was incredible. Dance is beautiful, but dance is tough. It's, it's really tough. And I think um, conventional athletes don't realize how tough dance is just in the sense of the culture and the politics of it and the pressure um, that we go through, which is very much likened to what you went through, right? So, um, so it was very tough. It shaped me and molded me in a lot of really great ways that I still carry on into adulthood. Um, but lots of toxic environments and lots of um, just really tough things to navigate as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's um, a lot of female athletes feel mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I think just with women in general, we tend to be more clicky, more emotional. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot more drama in women's sports than there is, I guess, typically in there men's is. sports. That it can sometimes just be hard um, to find your people that build mm-hmm. you up. Um, even now, I think post-athletics, it's hard to find good friends. Right. So how did God transform you in that season, would you say? Um, of being... Like in, in college or... In col- and yeah, in college and just through uh, your athletic experience. Like how did yeah. God impact your life? Well, I grew up in a two-parent home. Um, we were a church-going family. So we went to, the ch- went to church, you know, pretty much every Sunday from when I hit to be about 11, 12 years old. Um, and when I was in college, though... Um, the reason why I bring all that up is because a lot of my athletic experience at Auburn is tied in with FCA because mm-hmm. that's when I first started getting involved in FCA fellowship of Christian athletes. And, um, it was at an FCA camp that I came to know Jesus and grew up in the church, knew all the these and thous and the do's and the don'ts, but did not have a relationship with the Lord. And so, um, whether it was I had never heard it before or, met, or whether it was just my heart was ready. When I was 19 at that camp, I just heard the gospel in a way I'd never heard it before. And it was just just this amazing encounter with Jesus. And um, I surrendered my heart to him that night, and then I got baptized later. So, so when I think of just Auburn and I think of athletics and I think of my journey and just how I was connected with this great community of athletes I can't help but think about my faith journey through that and um, um, so yeah so that's that's how God really grabbed a hold of my heart in college and that really was what set the trajectory of the rest of my life yeah I think that's just so cool how things like that come full circle in your life like to where you and Wayne are now I mean, you are literally uniting the hearts of athletes. You're uniting FCA, you're uniting athletes in action, and you're uniting all these athletes on campus. And even students, um, you know, I think they don't even realize it, mm-hmm. uh, but there are a few people that come to FCA that aren't necessarily college athletes. And I think that's the coolest part about it. They were athletes maybe in high school, mm-hmm. uh, but aren't athletes in college now. Yeah, for um, sure. And people just people are just drawn to athletes and they admire the game, the Mm -hmm. sport, and just the, just the camaraderie of a community of athletes. And so I believe that no matter where your athletic journey was, 
I love how, you know, our ministry brings people in from all different walks of life. And again, like I'm the product of not technically an athlete at Auburn, and yet the FCA community brought me in and I'll never be the same as a result. And so we want to replicate that and continue that in people's lives. Because when we meet people and when they show up to rallies, we don't know where they've been, what they've walked through in life, what church hurt they've had. We don't know where they're coming from. And we just want to be able to welcome them and meet them where they are, wherever they are, because that's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Oh, absolutely. I think having that personal relationship with the athletes, it makes a world of difference. I was just watching the Tim Tebow documentary, mm-hmm. uh, the Florida Gators. Yeah. And uh, the coach, you know, he said if, if they had a rule, if a guy hit a girl, that that player would be kicked off the team. And one of the guys that happened to him and he kicked him off the team. Mm-hmm. And a year later, he overdosed on drugs and died. Oh. And the coach said, we are no longer going to kick anyone off the team for anything we're going to fix the issue and we're Mm going to get to know each and every one of these guys on a personal level so i can help them beyond that because i think what happens in your life and how you're feeling mentally Mm -hmm. can affect you physically and it can affect your performance on the field or on the court or whatever it is and um i just thought that was so good and um you know i hope that also is encouraging to coaches um if they're listening to this because um your athletes go through a lot and Mm -hmm. it's hard sometimes and uh, developing that personal relationship with them is so valuable. It is for sure. Yeah. But I love that athletes United and FCA is another resource for them to have that personal connection with someone. But uh, that person is also able to build them up in their faith and lead them um, scripturally. Let's get into the next hot take, which I, I'm very excited to hear this one from you, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because it's such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is your hot take on body image, I think especially around women, obviously? Um, yeah, so this is a tough one for me, Caitlin. Um, I have, you're going to learn in just a few minutes why this is a tough one for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in a funny I'm in a funny spot. Can I be honest? Yes. Is this an honest podcast? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just hot kidding. takes. You have to be honest. <laughs> I'm I'm in a little bit of a pickle because I I love 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 where we are right now in 2023 when it comes to body image and body positivity and um, just how the landscape of how people perceive, especially women and their bodies. I love that it's more inclusive to all shapes, sizes, shades, and I, I, I'm so loving that right now. Um, but I think that what you've seen through time and time again and generation after generation is we have a tendency to focus on something, a particular generation, and when we neglect something else, and we try and fix it and get it right in the next generation, we swing the pendulum way too far. So I feel like in an effort to really raise up awareness of body positivity and, and healthy body image, we've, we've swung it too far as a culture. And it's this now kind of glorifying very unhealthy images of body as well. And I, and I wanna be really careful with how I say that because 
so many people are in so many different walks of life and so many seasons, right? We're all works in progress. But I think we've got to be honest, right? With this is a healthy body. This is not a healthy body, no matter what that looks like on the skinniest side and on the most obese side. And so, I mean, my hot take is let's, let's kind of chill out with this, like, whole just oh you can be obese and you're beautiful and it's okay and and yes you are beautiful but what I'm saying is is that the best version of yourself can we be honest and say maybe it's not it doesn't mean that your shape is going to look like my shape is going to look like her shape but let's just let's really work to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be and let's not use body positivity as a crutch to not do the work that we need to do. Well, and I think, you know, discussing things on the obesity side and then maybe on the other end of the spectrum where someone's too skinny. Right. Um, which, you know, however you want to define that. Yeah. Um, but I think there are two very unhealthy ends of the spectrum uh, because you're not honoring the temple that God gave you. And, um, you know, we're supposed to nurture it and keep it healthy. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on both ends of the spectrum, food is consuming your life. And that should not be the thing consuming your life. And I've been, I've, I, you know, I went through college and I had an eating disorder because mm-hmm. we were weighed in every week. Yeah. And I had to try to get my weight down to the lowest possible point because we would have a better score um, when we would test. And um, anyways, it's, I think it's, you're right. It's, two opposite ends of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you don't even know what's right at some point. And I think a lot of women, especially I feel this way, it becomes confusing, this whole body positivity movement. And you're like, well, what should I look like then? What, what is healthy? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's very confusing. And, uh, we have this idea of how we want to look, um, based off what's off a magazine, Um, and everyone has a different view on how they want to look. And sometimes it just gets in your head and, uh, it's definitely the enemy (laughs) attacking our mind, um, and how we view ourselves, uh, whether it be too, you know, overweight or too skinny, or I want to be skinnier, or I want to look more like I have a butt or (laughs) boobs or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta stop looking at social media. Like, yes, that part, Mm -hmm. because I think that as women, we're confused. um, And this even seeps over into our dating relationships, right? Of Mm -hmm. what we think men want. Um, Wayne and I spend a lot of time with uh, pouring into marriages and relationships. It's just a part of our ministry. um, And that's a story for another day. Um, But we have lots of conversations with men and women just about what they want and what they want in a spouse. And um, I think women would be very surprised at what real men, mature men who want to be married and what they want. And we look at these social media images with plastic surgery and all the things, right? And we think that's what they want because other women are praising it and celebrating it. But you'd be surprised. Men, I mean men want natural men want real and um especially men who want to be married i think i should make this distinction men of character men of character and men who want to be married Mm -hmm. and most of the time if you're a woman and you want to be married you need to be going after those men not 
the men who are still immature and being boys. Hmm. So maybe I'll have to come back for another podcast (laughs) and talk about relationships because I'm going down a rabbit hole that I didn't intend to go down. But yes, we can even talk about that because I think (laughs) it does have a lot to do with it because (laughs) I feel like it's a big thing for single women. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say it has nothing to do with women that are married um, and settled down. Um, I think there's, they still struggle with body image and mm-hmm. things like that, that nature. But um, especially in dating, it's a huge thing. I catch myself all the time. I'm like, oh, they're going to like this girl more because, you know, she has thinner arms and her lips are plump and she has a better jawline. Oh, Lord. Like the whole <laughs> spectrum. But, you know, you just tend to, I catch myself comparing mm-hmm. to girls sometimes and I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like I have to be confident in who I am and, uh, what God has given me because it's been used in such a tremendous way. And I'm not going to be the same as her. Mm -hmm. I'm actually so unique to myself. Why am I not so confident? (laughs) I think, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a constant struggle. I think, um, we're always going to deal with, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you put clothes on, maybe they're too tight one day. Mm -hmm. It's so hard not to get upset. I know. And, um, but you know, I, I've talked to my mom about this. Our bodies are always fluctuating mm-hmm. um, in each season of life. Yeah. As you, especially as you get older, um, my body has changed so much. And it will since college. to change. I've had, I've had like five different bodies of Stacey Dickens, okay? It's been the before kids, Stacey Dickens. It's been the after each child is a different version of my body. <laughs> and then there's, you know, I've done, you know, bodybuilding and I was training for bikini competition at one point which that's another story for another day and there was super buff and fit Stacy and then now there's this Stacy that's today you know and um, my Wayne uh, my Wayne my husband he is my Wayne um, <laughs> he always has such a really great take on it and way of encouraging me and um, you know not not trying to sugarcoat or lie to me right but just like stating the obvious but celebrating it right and saying like He'll say things like, I love all the different versions of Stacey I've had. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like, I just love you. And so I married you because I love you and I love everything about you inside and out. And so I love how that's really encouraged me and given me a lot of confidence. Yeah. No, that's So, good. yeah, you're going to change a lot, but just embrace it and be thankful. Well, and I think the thing is, too, I have healthy habits. I eat healthy. I work out but my body is still always changing. Yeah. And, uh, I think as long as I what I've come to realize, I think more recently, as long as I have those healthy habits, I'm, you know, pursuing a healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. and ultimately I want to be healthy at the end of the day. I don't want to be on, you know, one opposite end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. or the other. And, um, I think girls just have to remind themselves of that, What you know, how are, are you developing healthy habits for yourself? Exactly. Um, and that's what you should be confident in and worried about, not more so how your body's developing, um, through time. And when you stress yourself out about it, I've learned this, I tend to look worse. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my take on I it. I love it. You're beautiful. Thank you. You, you really too. are. I guess going off that, um, when you view your body poorly, cause we all go through it through phases of time. How do you deal with that? How, what do you say to yourself? Do you do some reminder or how do you 
um, kind of cope with it? Well, um, since we're being honest and I'm being vulnerable with you today on this couch, um, that's a struggle if I'm a hundred percent honest. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, so my story is when I was in dance, um, I was involved in, I was in the dance company that I was in and, um, thankfully the Lord had blessed me with, you know, a lot of talent and I was able to get a lot of roles that I wanted. Um, but I was definitely built differently than a lot of my peers and a lot of my dance partners. Um, I've always had big legs and larger muscles and I've never been thin a day in my life. It's just not the way God made me. Um, skinny was never something that I've been just effortlessly. Um, and so, um, I didn't really, I didn't provide that kind of uniformity, um, that a lot of dance companies want when they're casting for something or they're, you know, picking people for a part. They want all the dancers to look the same because that helps communicate the uniformity and the moving together as one. Um, and so I really struggled with that. And, um, I ended up developing an eating disorder, um, when I was in high school. Um, and it was just kind of a combination of starving myself and then binging. And then I also developed some bulimia and, um, just a lot of really bad, dark ways of thinking of going from starving myself and feeling really good, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do by not eating and then binging because I'm starving, right? Um, and then feeling so guilty that I throw it all up. And I'm sorry to be like that uh, no, I mean, I graphic, think but that was kind of the cycle of what I kept going through. Well, in the process, I was losing weight. And, um, my dance instructors, I don't think they intended any malicious harm. Um, but they unfortunately gave, gave off the perception that they cared more how we look than how we actually were, mm. like how healthy we were. And so as I was losing weight, I was being rewarded, right? So losing the weight the wrong way, this very horrible self-deprecating way caused me to get better parts in fact i remember my senior year i got the very part that i wanted so desperately i remember looking at the sheet and seeing my name and i was like i got it but but caitlin i felt so weak and so tired and so mm. ashamed all at the same time because i was like at what cost did i get it and i didn't really have the spiritual wherewithal at the time to be able to say, I shouldn't be doing this. But it was, I was very aware that the two should not have, like it should not have been that way. And so um, because of that, um, thankfully I had, um, you know, there was, a, and again, I didn't have a relationship with the Lord yet, but God works in such a beautiful way where, you know, my mom was a nurse practitioner when she was alive and she's very nosy and always up in the business. And I mean, she knows her daughter and she knew something was wrong. And so just, I, I was never good at lying. <laughs> so she could just see it all over my face. And so I just fessed up and I told her, you know, what had been going on. Um, and I remember even like bending over one day to like put my shoes on and she looked at my back and she was like, Stacy, 
like, are you eating? Like what's, what's going on? I shouldn't be able to see your bones. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I just told her and, and I, I wasn't, I'm so thankful that I wasn't so deep in it that I had to go to a rehab facility. Um, just with the help of my mom and that accountability, I really kind of shifted out of that. Um, but you know, before an eating disorder comes the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people walking around with kind of a disorder. I, maybe I shouldn't say disorder, but just very poor mindset of, of their relationship with food. And so what's the struggle today is that number one, I praise God that I have victory in that area. Now that's not really like, I'm not tempted now to starve myself. However, because I'm aware of, you know, the thorn in my flesh, the the weaknesses, I just have to be on guard with how am I thinking about food? Am I, is it my fuel or is it a really unhealthy relationship where I'm eating really poorly, like just unhealthy things, or I'm eating healthy, but it's, it's, it's a discipline to a fault, not to make me healthy and joyful and fuel me. And so, um, I just, you know, honestly, I'm so open about this because I, I know that somebody behind that camera is going through the same thing I've gone through and went through. Um, and I just don't want them to end up like I did or worse. And so, and you can relate cause you have gone through some of the similar journeys. Um, but now I, I just, you know, the Lord has really delivered and restored me in that area. And I believe that it's for such a time as this, it's to encourage all these women. I'm around female athletes all the time who struggle in these same areas. And I just want them to be better than I was. I want them to be better off than me. Yeah, no. And I I appreciate you sharing that because I know that's probably not easy to um, bring up. Um, but I know it's going to inspire a lot of girls out there and, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I went through, um, in college. Um, I didn't have the bulimic part of it and, um, I know girls who did though, and, uh, they were in other sports Mm -hmm. and the body image of being thin and how you looked mattered, um, and how fast they could go, um, specifically track. Um, and, uh, it was a really hard struggle for them. Uh, I know a few girls lost, uh, they, they told, you know, physical trainers told them, you know, if you keep continuing like this, you're not gonna be able to have kids. Yeah. And, um, a lot of them lost their periods and there was a lot of changes in their body. that was just so bad and, uh, not healthy. And it's so sad that sports can do that to, um, a woman and, uh, that you can react that way and get to that point. Um, but I think it also happens outside of sports, no matter what the pressure is, whether it be modeling, um, or I don't know, living, living, yeah, just being alive, just being walking down the street. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Comparing yourself with other women. Like, I mean, you're right. It doesn't just being a human being is going to open yourself up to those things. And we just, we have to be on guard. I have a daughter who's 12 and it is, it's realer to me now than it's ever been because it was around then when I was her age that I started, I can look back in hindsight and say, that's when 
the negative thinking began. Um, and as a child, I was really insecure. I didn't think I was pretty. I thought I was ugly, like ugly, like not even cute. Right. Oh. Like I thought it was ugly. No. <laughs> like who thinks that they're just flat out ugly. And I looked different than like a lot of my friends. And I just felt like that meant ugly because I wasn't like everybody else. And, um, and so, you know, I read a statistic, um, actually I didn't read it. Um, I heard this statistic like about a week ago and it's that 50% of 13 year old girls are unhappy with their body and that number skyrockets to 80% by the time they're 17. Oh my gosh. And that was me. Right. And so I look into my daughter's eyes and I see how beautiful she is and how athletic she is. And she just made the volleyball team and I'm so happy for her. And, and I just, I don't want her to be me. And I want to remind her of how beautiful she is, not only physically, but how she's fearfully and wonderfully made by mm -hmm. the creator of this universe. Amen. Like that's a powerful thing. And there's only one version of her and there will only be one version of her. Like there's no other Naomi Gabrielle Dickens on this planet. And I want her to walk confidently and I don't want her to have I definitely don't want her to have the negativity coming from me, right? I want home to be a place for her where she can feel loved and seen and just to be able to thrive and be confident in who she is. And I don't want her to end up like the 50% of girls who are unhappy with their body. I want her to say, mommy, I'm happy with my body because this is how God made me. And so just really trying to establish a balance for her now of, hey, girl, eat you some slices of pizza if you want to, you're 12. But also teaching her balance, right? Of like what vegetables do for your body, fruit and protein, right? So I just think that all in all, I just want to pass on some things to her that weren't necessarily passed on to me so that she can be set up for life better and not end up with an eating disorder like I did. Yeah. And it's so sad that it starts that young. I mean, you think back like when you're that age, you kind of feel like, Oh, I'm getting older. You mm -hmm. know, I'm almost a teenager. And, um, you know, you think you're so much older than what you are. And I think, uh, that pressure causes girls to grow up too quickly. Mm -hmm. Very uh, much so. Which is sad. Um, 100%. You know, right. I don't, I, I have, don't have kids yet, obviously, but <laughs> if I ever have a daughter, um, you know, I, th I think it's in today's world, especially with electronics, iPhones, kids are growing up way faster than, um, when obviously when you did. And I feel like when I did, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, it's, you know, technology is a great thing, but also, um, it has caused a lot of anxiety and issues in today's worlds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, technology is great, but it's like any other resource, right? So like money, you take any other resource, right? You, you've got to be responsible with it and you've got to understand that the love of it can really be your demise. If you're not careful, the love of money is the root of all evil and anything that we make an idol can really destroy us. And so that could be money, that could be social media, that could be a lot of things when we're not get we're not when we're not pointing to the source, which is God, 
but idolizing the resources that he's given us, it can really be detrimental. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot today is social media is great, right? I've, I love social media. It's such a great tool, but it needs to stay in its place or it'll become a monster if I'm not careful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think um, it's definitely taken over um, everyone's lives, not even just young people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that we, as Christians, or if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you continue to look into the word because I think that's the only thing that really keeps you aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it puts away the distractions of the world. And uh, I know that for me, like, I went through a few weeks where I just wasn't in the word. I didn't have time, but I'm like, wait, I have time to go on my phone, Mm -hmm. but I'm not making time to spend time with Jesus. Exactly. And, um, you know, that's, that's, what's keeping you in check and saying, what am I, what am I looking at? What am I seeking in my life? What's affecting my heart? What's affecting and how I think about myself and Mm -hmm. how I think about others on top of that, because sometimes how you think about yourself, you can tend to judge others. Yeah. And I've, that's that's true. When I've struggled with body image, you know, I, I'd catch myself even judging other girls and how they look like what? Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. So, yeah, that is. And you're right. It's like the whole Matthew seven of taking the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck. Um, but that's all of us, right? I mean, it's so easy for us to see what someone else needs to be doing better than ourselves because we don't see ourselves it's just like physically when i'm walking around like i don't see me right now you see me um so it's much easier for you to see like oh stacy you got something on your face or whatever and but we've got to be taking that mirror to our lives and looking at ourselves and that's the bible that's the word of god that's the Mm -hmm. mirror that reflects who we are and god shows us who we are in his word and if we're mindful, we'll pay attention to that so that we can take the plank out of our eye and be able to see clearly and encourage people. And so I know exactly what you're saying. And I, it's funny you bring that up because that was literally my prayer um, a couple of days ago because I was, you know, I'm married, you guys. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> constantly looking woman. at my husband like, you, you should be doing this, that, and the other. Um, and the Lord just convicted me and was just like, honey stop <laughs> you know <laughs> and um it's so easy for me to look and I have an amazing husband okay and but naturally right when you're that close to someone in life and doing life you're gonna see their flaws you're gonna see what you think they should work on in many ways God has brought Wayne to me and I to him to do that for each other right to see things that we don't see in ourselves but you know the key for me in that moment when the Lord convicted me was Stacy, it's more of a reflection of maybe that's a lack for you. Maybe that's something you need to work on. And that's why you're noticing it in Wayne. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was such a convicting word, but it was so true. Yeah. And I think it's easy, you know, circling it back, you know, it's easy for us to see where someone is and for us to first be like, oh, wow. Right. But then to kind of be a little jealous and be like, I wish I was there. But then all of a sudden to be like, well, how did they get there? What do they do to get that? You know? And so I think you're right. We just have to be careful and prayed up and looking at ourselves through the word. That's so good. I love that. You're always, (laughs) I feel like you just always have the best hot takes because you're so wise 
scripturally oh. and just in life. So I love it. Oh, thank <laughs> That's you. why I, I wanted to do this podcast with you. So, okay. This is not what I had planned, but, um, I feel like you've talked a lot about it and I want to know too. Um, <laughs> but you know, we talked a lot about confidence. We talked a lot about body image, mm-hmm. um, and just, uh, you know, being confident in the Lord and what God has given us. Um, we touched briefly on relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that might be good to go into just kind of off that because I think both of those things have a lot to do with confidence and, uh, or relationships have a lot to do with confidence and body image. Yeah. So I guess what is your hot take around relationships? Um, and it can be kind of in relation to what we just talked about. Can I give you a verse before I segue into that? Yes. I just feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to me and I want to be mindful and then I promise I'll segue right yes, into it. That's but good. I was just thinking about Philippians three twenty one, and how it says that after Jesus returns as our savior, he's our savior, but after he returns, he will take our weak and mortal bodies and replace them with glorious bodies like his own. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that everything we've said this point is a hundred percent true. And, but again, we got to shift our perspective a lot of times when it comes to body image, because this is wasting away as we talk, right? Like I am getting older. The more I live, the older I get, we're all getting older. Another verse outwardly, we are wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day if we're in Jesus. Right? So Again, perspective is everything. Yes, I want to look good. I'm lying if I'd say I don't want to look good. I want to look good for Wayne. Like I want to present the best version of myself to him. And I want it to look good physically too, right? Yeah. But again, that is not my sole purpose on this earth. My sole purpose is to bring God glory, no matter what that looks like. And to be encouraged. Like I have hope. Like think about... Think about how you and I could be in so much worse off situations physically, right? We could have some type of ailment physically. We could maybe like have lost our legs. We could be missing an eye. And I think sometimes we get so bent up about, oh, my stomach's not flat enough. My arms don't look right. When we're missing the whole point, it's like, I got this body, right? I'm in my right mind. I'm not crazy. I'm mentally aware and the Lord has blessed me. And if I do feel like, yes, I'm imperfect, I'm flawed because I am, I've got hope because Jesus is going to return and give me a new heavenly body and all of this is not even going to matter. And so I just wanted to share that really quick because I think, I think we'll be remiss if we miss that. The whole thing, the whole reason why we're here is for God anyway. And this is all temporary. This is all seen. And we've got to fix our eyes on the unseen because that's what's going to last forever. That's so so good. And it's so funny when you said Philippians 3. I just finished reading through Philippians because we, I know, literally the Holy Spirit was speaking through you at that point because we're about to do a Bible study with the Rowing Girls on confidence and we're going, we're going to go through Philippians. I love it. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Oh man, that was so awesome. I'm Um, so glad you're with those girls. Oh, 
I'm so glad you're pouring into them. That <laughs> uh, was so good. You know, honestly, they're a blessing in my life. So um goes both ways, I think. <laughs> yeah. But Okay. Relationships. Yes. Okay, ask the question again. Just on uh, just hot take on relationships. Okay. Oh. Oh my gosh. I There's feel like a lot I have of them. so many hot takes on relationships. It, it um, could be like let's see. close to what we, maybe we just talked about or, or along those lines. Let but, me think. Um, okay. I think my hot take is on relationships. I think the hookup culture needs to die. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, because not just because I'm trying to be some stiff, uptight, Jesus loving yeah. freak or something. It's because it's really like, I don't think men or women, young ladies, young men are getting the outcomes they want through hookup culture. Um, my nanny is beautiful. She's amazing. I love her. She is one of the sweetest kind of souls I've ever met. And she, um, you know, she is so mature. She's only 21. Wow. And she's tired of the hookup culture because it's really giving <laughs> I'm her 25 a hard time. And I'm tired of the hookup <laughs> and she's culture. she's 21. And like, she's tired of it because she just feels like it's so disingenuous. It's just so inauthentic and you're not really getting to know someone. And it's just, it's just hard. And I'm not even like, like set. Yes. The spiritual has a big part of that, but set that aside for a minute, just for the sake of a conversation. Just when you look at outcomes, right? Nobody's getting what they want. No and men are frustrated. Women are frustrated. And I just think we need to kind of, dial it back and figure something else out um we don't have to do everything old-fashioned in the traditional way like dating doesn't have to look like how it looked for me right but all I'm saying is is I just think something needs to shift in Gen Z's and their dating situations because it ain't working right now yeah and going off that the reason I think cook-up culture is such a big phenomenon is because men and women like variety. And variety has been a big thing, I think, because of technology and social media, which we just previously talked about. But people don't understand. You just have to choose one person. Mm-hmm. And you're choosing them. There's always going to be someone better. Right. Right. That part. Yes. No one's perfect. (laughs) Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because yes, that is huge. I feel like I'm from the men I've talked to. Okay. I I haven't talked to a whole lot, especially not as much as Wayne has. When I say men, I mean like kind of like college age. So very young guys up into like twenties and stuff. They're saying that. So they'll, they might have a placeholder, right? a girl who is really awesome, but they're not committing to her. Like, and what I mean by commitment is like a ring, getting down on one knee, proposing, right? Getting married. They're not committing to her because they're holding out just in case somebody comes along that is prettier, smarter, better in whatever ways. And It's not like, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's not working. Like it just doesn't work like that. It's kind of like, um, (laughs) it's kind of like when me and Wayne watch deal or no deal 
which is such an old show. But when we first started dating and getting married, it was first coming out. And on Deal or No Deal, it's not about picking that box. It's about taking the best deal. It's a it's it's odds. It's a game of odds. And so if the odds are that your box is not going to have as much money as the offer you're being made, then take the offer and go live your life because that's more money than you walked in with. And so obviously when you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is you want to be prayed up and you want to ask God to send you a person and you want to make sure you're making all the right choices, but he's also a practical God, (laughs) right? Yes. And so I just don't feel like we should hold out with thinking, Oh, someone might be better when you've already literally checked so many boxes. And I just think that, um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's really frustrating for guys and girls because then the girls are, um, feeling less secure in who they are and less confident because they're just like, well, why won't he propose? And like, why, why is he wasting my time? And I think, honestly, I think the culprit of it all is social media because it's this fantasy world of everybody's filtered, beautiful, perfect versions of themselves. And it's just not realistic. It's it, not reality. Well, and majority of the time you meet those people in person, they look nothing like they do on their social media page. They look page. nothing like it. And they're usually like complete jerks or you're just not compatible at all. Or they don't love Jesus. You know, like it's just so many things that don't add up. And um, I think that even with social media, like I know people can meet their, I've seen time and time again, people meet their spouse online and through even a DM, you know, (laughs) as horrible as it may be. But, um, I still even think with that, you know, I think, um, I think social media has, is this thing that a lot of people are hiding behind so that when they get in front of person sitting down on a couch, like they are just socially awkward and don't know how to interact. And that's also adding something. So anyway, I said a whole lot, but, um, yeah, the well, hookup culture is largely fed and fueled by social media, too. So that's why I think social media is a big part of it. Oh, absolutely. And I think it causes a lot of people to cheat on their significant other. That's a whole other thing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it's you see so that sad. so much even through, I think um, there was some type of thing. Please don't mark my words, but I saw something that said that most of infidelity these days is because of rekindling on social media of like a high school sweetheart or somebody from their past that they got connected to on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And that was like the number one reason I think for infidelity. Well, and the other thing off that, I think if you're secure in the Lord and in your relationship with Christ, you're you want to seek someone who's also secure in that because then you'll be secure together. And I think the problem is there's a lot of insecurity in people and they're insecure in their relationship with the Lord, which then causes this insecurity in dating and relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why a lot of, I think majority is men, but that could be off my personal experience. Um, That's why they can't commit. And that's why it's so hard, you know, in 
culture today to find someone who can commit to you. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. You're wise, Caitlin. You said well, I'm wise. Well, I, I give a lot wise. of good advice. I don't always <laughs> take it, but, um, you know. <laughs> you're like, I can dish it. Uh, Just don't take it myself. You know, so. it gets hard. I mean, especially the older I get, singleness becomes harder. Um, but I think, you know, I have a desire for marriage, but I also am learning to just be so content in just getting up every day and giving thanks to the Lord for this life that he's given me. I mean, I have this beautiful apartment. I have a great dog. I have so many amazing people around me. You know, there's so much to give thanks for, but. And you're very young and you are, you still have time. Okay. And it doesn't mean just start being a turtle right but (laughs) yeah keep doing what you're doing and um you know I think that uh a lot of young ladies want to so I I think this now maybe not so much in my time maybe but um now I think there is I think that women we all know this right women just mature faster than boys this isn't I said women and boys girls mature faster than boys um, and that's not me saying it and just like grabbing something out of the air. That's like, it's true. It's a true statement that has been scientifically proven. Um, and so what happens a lot of times is young ladies are going after the guys that are around their age, but they're just not mature. They're not on the maturity level as, as they are personally. And, um, I just think, and I, I'm, submitting this to you you take with it what you want to do and to all the women watching um listening um don't rule out an older guy and what i mean by older is like even if he's 10 years older than you like don't rule him out i think because you're 25 yeah you know a 35 year old that's not that old you know no it's not and it's not for everybody right but i just think um, 30, early 30s, it's something to consider because that's a man who's a lot more mature. He's more established in his career. He's probably a little more responsible with his money. He's probably a little more mature even in his faith, right? Like just because, and it's not to say that a 25-year-old believer in Jesus isn't mature, but just when you think of marriage and what it, what it is to take I, on, I just think a lot of girls aren't, interested in that because it's not as sexy to them to older and older guy like especially like if he's way older or whatever <laughs> but I just think don't just be open-minded to whatever the I, Lord has for you you yeah, know I don't think God necessarily looks at age as closely as we do yeah um which is, I've heard a lot of sermons actually on this which is very interesting but that's a whole other conversation <laughs> but anyways yes. no I enjoyed this this is so good Stacey. oh my gosh I love you so much I do too you you have so much like fruit and wisdom it's really it's just so good I'm so excited to launch this um but any closing remarks I'm just honored and thankful and blessed to be in the position I'm in and I am nothing without Jesus I just mm. that is that is it for me. I think that's the only closing remark I can think of. I love it. I'm just, that's the best I'm nothing one. without Jesus. And I, um, I'm very aware that I would probably de- be dead by now <laughs> if it yeah. wasn't for him. hundred percent. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just super, I'm just very grateful and honored right now to 
be sitting on this couch, to be doing Athletes United, to be with my beautiful family. I'm just in a beautiful season of life right now. And I'm just glad that I get to be on this podcast with you and I get to call you my friend and my sister in Christ. So that's all I got. That's That's it. I love you, Stacey. This is so good. Well, um, we'll have to come bring you back again to talk about, we can talk more about relationships or whatever you want to do, but we could do a whole episode, honestly. Okay. Just on, just on relationships. Just let me know. People love hearing about it because it's so hot. It's it's so hot. It's always be the thing to talk about. All right. Well, thanks Stacey for coming on. Thank Um, you. I'll have to bring you back soon. Sounds good.